Ed Eilert is stepping down after four decades of elected leadership in Johnson County. Who should succeed him as leader of the Metro's second largest county? This week we partner again with the Johnson County Bar Association to bring you who will lead the county, the Johnson County Chair Debate. Plus, we debate the future of Jackson County as Executive Frank White faces the toughest political campaign of his career against legislator Teresa Galvin. It's all coming up on a special hour-long edition of Week in Review. Week in Review is made possible through the generous support of AARP Kansas City, RSM, Dave and Jamie Cummings, Bob and Marlise Gorley, the Courtney S. Turner Charitable Trust, John H. Mize and Bank of America N.A. co-trustees, and by viewers like you. Thank you. Hello and welcome, I'm Nick Haynes. Everyone seems to be fixated on these big election races for Senate, Governor and Congress, but some of the most important decisions that impact your family and your pocketbook are made by local leaders, from how much you pay in your taxes to what rules you had to follow during the recent COVID pandemic. That's why we're getting close to home this week. Later in the program, we lift up the hood on the race to be leader of Jackson County, but first we turn our spotlight to the Kansas side of State Line, where a lot of people looked in the mirror this year and said they had what it takes to succeed Ed Eilert as leader of Johnson County government. Now it's down to just two people, and they are with us. Mike Kelly is the mayor of Roland Park. Charlotte O'Hara is a former state lawmaker who currently serves as one of the seven members of the Johnson County Commission. We're glad to have you with us. You know, what we're doing right now is a job interview. This is a full-time position, pays about $75,000 a year in return. We expect you to manage more than 3,000 employees, oversee public transit, public health, mental health, senior services, libraries, parks, emergency response, a sheriff's office and a jail, oh, and a museum, and, uh, and be answerable to 465,000 bosses. That's the, how many voters there are in Johnson County. Mike Kelly, why do you think we should hire you over the other person we're interviewing today? Well, Nick, thank you very much for the opportunity to be here. And Thank you to KCPT and the Bar Association for hosting this debate. As a lifelong Johnson County res resident, I realize this is a great place to grow up. It's a great place to raise a family. I'm proud to be raising a family here in Johnson County. It's a great place to run a business or to comfortably retire. That doesn't happen by accident, and it's not guaranteed. The leaders that we elect and the policies that they put in place set the course for the next generation. As the mayor of Roland Park, I have the executive experience to be able to lead this county forward from day one. In my time in Roland Park, we've lowered our mill levy three different times, a total of 18%, while fully uh, funding the services that people want in Johnson County. We've also fully funded our police department and expanded it, welcomed new opportunities for businesses, and did our part to protect the environment. At this crucial time, this inflection point in Johnson County's history, I think we need to reject toxic rhetoric and focus on those priorities that really connect Johnson Countyans. I look forward to discussing them with you here today. That's one of the candidates for this job interview. The other is Charlotte O'Hara. Why should we hire you, Charlotte? Thank you, Nick, and it's so good to see you. <laughs> Do you remember me coming in? You've been here many times yes. with us, absolutely. When the, as, a, as a state representative, and I would bring you in tomatoes to share during the, during the harvest. Anyway, uh, yes, I am Charlotte O'Hara, and I have been in Johnson County since 1972. Uh, I am the mother of five children and seven grandchildren. 
Uh, I did serve in the State House in 2011 and 2012. Uh, I have, uh, I am now currently the third district commissioner and we have four, over 4,000 employees instead of 3,000. It's, this is a huge operation. We have, we have gone from a budget of 815 million in 2013 and now it is at 1.64 billion for 2023. Our people are really suffering under the high property taxes, the folks in Johnson County, and uh, I am going to work really hard to make sure that we put a lid on property taxes. I do have to disagree with my opponent's uh, math on, on the reduction of the mill levy. I have uh, the documentation here that it's only 3.5% as of 2022. Many of us have been able to see Ed Eilert over the last 12 years. He's sort of become the face of Johnson County, one of the most visible political leaders. How would you be different than Ed Eilert if you're leading Johnson County? What's the biggest difference we would see? The biggest see? difference will be is that I will guide the Board of County Commissioners to be a policy-making board. Currently, it is a rubber stamp. We just follow the staff. And a great example of this is that last week, we had a vote on approximately $7 million. And... I said no because we need those funds for a mental health crisis center. These are ARPA funds. And what we are doing is, is that we are, we are throwing a million here, 10 million here. And I have been advocating that we have to have a mental health crisis center. And we are going through this uh, ARPA money like drunken sailors. Okay. What would you? What would be the biggest difference we would notice, Mike Kelly, if you are the chair of the Johnson County government rather than what we've seen with Ed Eilert over the last 12 years? Well, first of all, I think we need to congratulate Ed Eilert for not only 12 years of service as chair, but more than four decades of service of pub, uh, public service uh, to Johnson County, if you include his time in Overland Park. Uh, I'm proud to have his support in this race, as well as a broad bipartisan uh, group of not only lawmakers but community leaders here uh, because we've recognized these great institutions in Johnson County. They've been built for decades by not only the public sector but also the private sector. Uh, and I want to make sure that we can not only protect those institutions because people enjoy living in Johnson County. It's one of the prominent counties in our nation. But we also got to be willing to innovate for the future to look at the services that we provide and find how we might be able to do those a little bit better and take advantages of the opportunity of the day. What, in your judgment, Mr. Kelly, is the single biggest problem facing Johnson County right now? I think the single biggest problem facing Johnson County right now is the toxic rhetoric that's leached its way from the federal or state level of government that we've now found in our local levels of government. It threatens our public schools with meritless lawsuits. It makes businesses want to think twice about focusing on Johnson County as, as a target. It puts our county elected, uh, not elected, but staff uh, on on trial when they come before the county commission, no more so than our public health officials or our election officers. And it, it equates rhetoric or conspiracy theories for the common basis of fact upon which we need to agree upon to make some of the most crucial decisions for the health and the well-being of our community. What to you is the single biggest problem in Johnson County right now, Ms. Okay, Hall well, as I'm going door to door, I'm not finding this toxic rhetoric 
Uh, I'm finding people that are open to dialogue. In fact, I was talking to a lifelong Democrat uh, at, at a checkout. She was a cashier there, and I asked her if she lived in Johnson County, and she said, yes, my house payment has gone in, in three years from $1,080 a month to $1,400 a month. She's had to get a second job to be able to afford to live in the house that she's been in for 21 years. Do you think housing prices is the biggest problem in Johnson County right now? I think it's property taxes. I am one of these odd people who absolutely loves going to the mailbox during election time and looking at all of the political mailers and postcards that come my way. And in between the price chop at grocery ads and the credit card applications, Ms. O'Hara, I saw one of your postcards this week and it says that you are, in big red letters, a common-sense businesswoman. What is your business, by the way? Okay, so I, in the 80s, I was a general contractor. In the, so the 80s, 90s, and into the 2000s, I was the only woman uh, general contractor that I know about. I also own a couple of uh, industrial buildings uh, in Olathe, and I am a business partner with my oldest son in a small manufacturing company in Olathe. And can I read the next line on that postcard sure, that I saw? Absolutely. It says, the choice is clear, a common-sense businesswoman or a tax-and-spend sanctuary city liberal. I thought you were the mayor of Roland Park, Mr. Kelly. That I am. In 2020, Roland Park became the second city in Kansas to vote to limit police and city cooperation with federal immigration enforcement agents. More than 100 counties, actually, across the country have adopted similar policies. Would you work to do that if you picked to lead Johnson County? Roland Park has always complied with all laws, and we always would cooperate with any level of government and law enforcement if there is an ongoing public safety threat or a criminal uh, activity. It's not our job to fix the federal broken immigration system and instead to focus on the police department in Roland Park, and I'm proud of that record. In my time in Roland Park, we have fully funded and have a fully staffed police department. We've actually added to it by adding a mental health co-responder unit as well as a, a canine unit and made sure that we built bonds of trust between our police department and our community. And in my time as mayor, our crime rate actually hit a 10-year low. And I want to focus on building that good rapport, not upon political stunts like Sheriff Hayden's false allegations and investigation and election fraud. Let's focus on public safety right here in Johnson County. Is being mayor, by the way, of Roland Park a full-time job? It is not. What, what do you do when you're not putting on your mayor's hat? in Roland Park? I, I am an uh, attorney. I'm a litigator at the law firm of Hush Blackwell. Uh, I focus on construction litigation, real estate, uh, and development litigation. And I think that opportunity to see both sides of a public-private partnership gives me a unique experience to be able to lead Johnson County forward. And that connection to the business community is vital to making sure that we find those public and private partnerships. In fact, maybe those public-public-private partnerships that can be catalytic for the growth of our community. I was on your campaign website, Charlotte O'Hara, and you, we can see you believe in smaller and less intrusive government, lower taxes, freedom of speech, parental rights, you're pro-life. Why run for this office? Might you be better suited to run for Congress or the Kansas legislature with that basket of issues? I have a real heart for serving at the local level. This really, really, um, it suits me. It really suits me. And I have, I have the background politically. I can, I have lots of contacts in Topeka. In fact, one of the uh, things that I had been talking to with my friends 
uh, is to put a cap on, on incentives of 50% because the tax incentives are absolutely, totally out of control. We have um, industrial uh, projects in Edgerton that's got 90 to 95% tax incentives abatements, and it's, it's just too much. So I am working to limit any of the incentives to 10 years and no more than 50%. Your top selling point in your mailings, uh, Mr. Kelly, is that you are the only candidate with executive experience. Roland Park, though, is a city with a population of between six and 7,000 people. Johnson County has 600,000 and plus uh, people. What can you say to convince us that you could manage that substantial jump in responsibilities, budget and people? Well, it's because of that executive experience that I'm uniquely positioned for this role. This role of chair is a little bit different than just being a commissioner because this role is elected countywide. It, like a mayor, sets the agenda, shepherds items through, but also runs those meetings. And that's a skill set, Nick. And I have that experience being mayor of Roland Park for the last five years. And it's that consensus building that is important. It's important that we elect a leader, not just a, a critic, not just somebody who takes a burn vote, but instead somebody that has a proven record of building consensus and moving forward, and that's why I'm uniquely positioned for the role. Another big issue is, and, and this is something we haven't seen as much attention on for quite some time, and that's the fear of crime, which we are told now is one of the biggest concerns for voters in Johnson County. And it's not just violent crime. Just recently, the Overland Park Police were investigating the break-in of nearly 100 vehicles in less than five hours in a small block near 135th and Metcalf, which uh, didn't even spare the residents at a gated senior facility, Ms. O'Hara. What is the single most important action you can take as Johnson County leader to reduce crime? Well, we actually did take that action as, as a commission, and I was the one who brought forward the compromise on the pay for our sheriff's deputies. We were at the low end of... Uh, Paying our deputies starting pay was approximately 48000 <clears throat> with my leadership. And I brought the two sides together, and now we're at approximately $57,000 starting pay. And so that is going to help us backfill the seven vac 70 vacancies that are currently, um, currently at, that we have at the Sheriff's Department. So we need to make sure that we have all of those positions filled. Uh, the other thing is, is that when we have... When we, when we arrest someone, we need to make sure that they are tried and that they suffer the consequences for their actions. If, if, it, if we have, like, uh, like in California now, the no bail and, and all of these, all of these um, uh, te techniques of supposedly bringing in equity, we're going to have a horrendous crime wave. wave. And I will tell you that I, as I go door to door, I had um, a woman just three blocks south of the admin building. She and her husband were carjacked in front of their house. She will go nowhere without her Doberman Pinscher now. And that's sad. That's sad. So more, more police, more uh, sheriff's deputies, and make sure that we are backing the blue. And what would your approach be, Mike Kelly? My approach would be the same approach that I've taken in, in, in Roland Park, and that's fully funding a police department and making sure that they have the tools that are necessary to keep not only them but our community safe. Public safety 
to me is personal. I have a brother who's a law enforcement officer here in the metropolitan region. So every decision that I want to make for our law enforcement officers, I've got him in mind when I'm doing it. So we fully funded our police department and we have a fully staffed police department because we wanted to make sure that we provided those competitive wages uh, for our deputies and we create a good culture within our police department. Like I said, a mental health co-responder unit was key, making sure that when they handle difficult calls that they have a resource that's properly trained to de-escalate the situation in a way that a police officer might not personally be trained for. We also gave them the tools of a, a canine unit and a bike unit, uh, and we made it a rewarding work environment. And that's the thing about being a county chair is we need to set the tone from the top. We need to make sure that employees feel valued, that they feel like professionals, that they're not put in the stocks before when they come before the commission, and that we have this rewarding work environment. Being in public service, we recognize that we're not always going to be able to pay dollar for dollar to the private market. But the advantage we do have, Nick, that's in the purpose advantage. People that want to work in public service and make their community a better place, we need to provide that rewarding work environment in that tone of leadership. And because at the end of the day, the 4,000 people that work in Johnson County, that's the backbone of the county. It's their institutional knowledge and their experience upon which we can draw and the decades of service that they provide to the community that give us this amazing public service and quality of life that we come to expect in Johnson County. And if we turn those people over annually or semi-annually, we lose all of that experience that it's going to take decades to rebuild. The Kansas City Star editorial board endorsed you, Mr. Kelly, and one of the reasons they did and one of the reasons they listed was that you supported a woman's right to choose and your campaign flyers and social media messages go out of their way to claim your opponent is against a woman's right to choose. Help me understand, what role, if any, does the Johnson County Commission have in deciding matters related to abortion? Well, I wanted to make sure in this race that people understood where my values are. And as a Kansan that is part of the forever, the free state, we want to make sure that we are providing more freedoms and liberties to people, not taking them away. And in that crucial moment after the Dobbs decision, I thought it was important that people know where I stand, especially since the Dobbs decision. Uh, sets a precedent that could challenge other important freedoms and privacy rights that people in Johnson County enjoy. But more importantly, Nick, this is also the Board of Public Health. And as the chair of the Board of Public Health, we need to make sure that we're protecting uh, the health and the welfare of our community, that we're listening to okay. some... Ms. O'Hara, you, you've been on the commission already. So yes. uh, how does abortion play into what happens in your work at the county commission headquarter building? None. There's not, there's not been any abortion issue that has come before the board. Uh, the the, the uh, issues that have come before the board as, as Board of Public Health was shutting down our economy and closing our schools and mask mandates. I supported none of those. I, I did not wear a mask at uh, the admin building. Uh, the civil liberties is extremely important. We have found the fallacies of what the experts said uh, initially, and I, it's just common sense that you need, to, you need to obviously respect other people, but not to bow down. 
You mentioned COVID. The city of Roland Park was one of the most cautious cities in the metro during the COVID pandemic. Long after Johnson County dropped its mask mandate, your city, Mr. Kelly, continued to require residents and visitors to wear masks and imposed a $25 fine on those who didn't wear one in indoor public places. In your judgment, did Johnson County government get it right or wrong on COVID? And what would you have done differently? Well, I, I think we've all had a very difficult last two and a half years during the pandemic. Uh, no more so than the families of those 1,300 Johnson Countyans who lost their lives during this pandemic. And now as an executive of a community, there was really a lot of leadership and growth uh, that I obtained uh, during this time, working with chief medical officers of various hospitals and listening to and heeding their recommendations uh, to try to do our best to keep hospital capacity and ICU capacity lower. But Roland Park was a leader. We made sure that we were the first community in Johnson County to provide free PPE to our residents, to our businesses, and to our guests. We were the first community in Johnson County to utilize our ARPA funding to provide free at-home testing kits. We were the first community to push for and host a testing facility uh, within the 435 loop. And as we mentioned, this Board of Public Health is an important, crucial role, and we need somebody who's going to listen to those chief medical officers who believes in epidemiology and the efficacy of vaccinations, someone who values the medical degrees of those chief medical officers over conspiracy theories or Google searches. This election year, Charlotte O'Hara, we are told the number one issue on voters' minds is rising prices. If you're elected Johnson County chair, what's the single biggest action you will take to help your constituents pad their pocketbooks or lower their household bills? This is, this is going to be extremely uh, difficult, and I'll just give you one example. Uh, the Nelson wastewater uh, plant, that's, we're in the process of rebuilding that. And when I came into office in January of 2021, the estimate was $425 million, and now it's $574 million, and I'm sure that it will increase, and that, that you have to have leadership that is going to look at every expenditure and go, where are we going to prioritize? And that is really what has been lacking. Okay, is so, but that means cutting, doesn't it, or eliminating? There's 450 different services and programs that Johnson County offers. Is there well, one program that you would eliminate or cut to I be will, able to make up for that? I will give you an example. Um, the, the health department still has seven epidemiologists on staff. We have increased expenditures at the health department 41.5% since 2019. And so those, those expenditures need to be rolled back. We're, we're, we're post-COVID, and we need to make sure that we aren't expending dollars unnecessarily. We have, we have uh, $98,000 that we have uh, hired a new health equity uh, position. And we are a community of equality. Absolutely. My youngest daughter is of African and Korean descent. She came to my home when she was 10. I have two Hispanic grandchildren. I, I mean, our family, we don't even think about race. And this is not necessary for So you don't think that the county should be spending money on racial training? No. Okay. So that's another cat. Not. I want to go back to Mike Kelly on this question. So what are you going to do when people are suffering from rising prices, concerned about that? What can you do to pad people's pocketbooks or reduce their household bills? 
Well, Nick, I, I recognize this, and I feel it too with my wife and I owning our home in Roland Park, and we talk to friends who want to be able to buy a home in the neighborhood that they grew up in. We want our firefighters and our nurses and our teachers to be able to live in Johnson County. And I understand that the appraisal process in our county needs to be transparent and it needs to be accurate. Now, in Roland Park, we tried to meet them where we were. We did lower our mill levy a total of 18 percent, and you can go to rollandpark.net to find out more information about that. And I asked my opponent or others to point to another city that's been more aggressive in lowering the mill levies in the last five years. And now we recognize that that's not going to be enough for everybody. So what we did is we tried to be innovative. We created a property tax assistance program. In utilizing that program, which was solely income-based, we paid the Roland Park share of property taxes for those most vulnerable. A lot of times that was seen on a fixed income. We also started a Neighbors Helping Neighbors program that made sure that when there was blight issues or minor home improvement programs, we worked with our public works department. We worked with neighboring uh, high school students who needed service hours to help fix those issues. But the one thing that we can do also is welcome new business, create a rising tide that's going to create a bigger pie. It's not a zero-sum game, Nick. We can focus on creating this broader business community that's going to be able to help take off some of the weight on the shoulders of residential property owners. Your website call, talks about that. You will work to attract and retain quality companies in high-growth industries that offer good-paying jobs. Yes, sir. To achieve that goal, would you approve providing tax incentives to companies that are currently operating on the Missouri side of state line to entice them to move into Johnson County? Well, I recognize that TIFs and tax incentives are a tool in the toolkit. And at certain times, you don't need it. Like at the northeast corner in Johnson Drive and Row, we were able to welcome two world-class medical facilities to Roland Park, and we did so without the use of any incentives. But I understand that at times when you have a difficult piece of property that sat vacant for decades or a catalytic opportunity to bring in new jobs and new economic stimulus into your community, that there is a place for incentives. And let's be frank, Nick, we're not just competing with Kansas City, Missouri. We are competing at a national level, frankly, an international level in Johnson County to attract the best opportunities for our residents. The Panasonic facility is a great example of that in western Johnson County. The single biggest investment in the history of the state of Kansas is coming to Johnson County, and it took a bipartisan group of legislators and the governor's office to be able to create this opportunity. Without that opportunity, Panasonic would not have been coming. But, but to according County. to published reports, it said it would cost about two hundred thousand dollars per job. That's how much we were talking about in those tax incentives. And yet, Johnson County added to that by providing another fifteen million dollars in tax incentives, in addition to what the state of Kansas offered. If you were on the commission at that time, would you have not supported those tax incentives? I would have supported these incentives because it's four thousand new jobs in a high growth industry. How do you differ on that question, Ms. O'Hara? Oh well. I do not support the nearly billion dollars from the uh, state of Kansas. The 15 million that we sent out to uh, DeSoto for the Panasonic uh, battery plant, I did not support. And um, then DeSoto also added to the goodie bag, and, and uh, they increased the, uh, the pot by 202 million dollars on a tax increment finance district and they will and Panasonic will be back for approximately another 200 million 
on an industrial revenue bond so that they will pay no sales tax on construction materials, equipment, or fixtures. And I will tell you that tax incentives, there's a post-legislative study in 2013 that debunked this myth that tax incentives work. I'll give you an example. Overland Park, their mill levy in 2001 was 7.6 mills. It is now approximately 14.5 mills. Prior to uh, Sprint, Overland Park was not in the race for tax incentives. They had a great tax base, they had a low mill levy, and people wanted to come there. Well, now we, we have more than, we have nearly doubled the mill levy, plus all the increase in valuations, and, and Overland Park doesn't even have enough money for asphalt streets. The ta tax incentives, and the, certainly the Panasonic plant, has been getting a lot of recurring headlines in the media. Yes. Another one is the Johnson County Sheriff. He's been making lots of headlines. After Sheriff Calvin Hadel announced he was launching an investigation into widespread election fraud and pledged to deploy his deputies to block President Biden's new army of IRS agents from investigating county residents. One county commissioner proposed appointing rather than electing the county sheriff. If you're the Johnson County, Share, uh, Johnson county okay. Chair, would you support any study, any panel or commission to change the way Johnson County picks its sheriff? Absolutely not. Okay, Mike Kelly. Well, that's a decision that was already made by the Charter Commission last year. We wouldn't even have the opportunity to do that in these next four years. Ms. O'Hara, your campaign website says one way to save money, because you've been concerned about money streamlining government, is to, quote, stop funding the failed system of transit in which we're, quote, driving empty buses around Johnson County. Should Johnson County get out of the transit business? I absolutely support stopping driving the empty buses around. I, this, is, this has been a joke in Johnson County for years. To target our money on the uh, vulnerable populations, and I talked about that in our meeting uh, last Thursday, and that was one, one of the reasons that I voted against it, because we are not targeting our dollars where they need what, to be. What would you change then with regards to that? They should still have a bus service in Johnson County? It should be done we differently? We would really have to cut it back and really focus where the need is. Right now, we are. We're just running empty buses around. There is, a, there is one route that goes from JCCC up to KU that is well, that is, that, that functions well. How would you approach that issue differently? Well, we recognize that we're a growing county, and we need to be consider about the transportation investments that we make. In, in Roland Park, uh, I look at my record of what we did on Road Boulevard to leverage federal funds and state funding to create really the artery of our community. And I want to look at partnerships and opportunities to do that for the entire infrastructure network throughout Johnson County, because we've added another 100,000 people in the last 10 years. You can imagine that we're going to add tens of thousands more in the coming years. There are more jobs within a two-mile radius of College and Metcalf than there are downtown. We have people that are going to be coming into Johnson County every day from Jackson County, but also from Wyandotte County and Miami County and Franklin and Anderson. And we need to make sure that we have the infrastructure that can welcome people into Johnson County, and that includes a transportation system. Well, right now, a study is underway that would, for the first time, bring the Kansas City streetcar line into Kansas along a route connecting the University of Kansas Hospital in Wyandotte County with the sports stadiums. Uh, I'm assuming, Ms. O'Hara, that you wouldn't support extending that line into Johnson County? No. What about you, Mike Kelly? I think it would be a fantastic opportunity. You look at 
study after study of investment in dollars next to fixed rail, and I think it would be a great opportunity for Johnson County. You look at the ridership that Tom Jaron and the team at the KCATA has developed through that streetcar, it's one of the most used in the nation. So I think that would be a unique opportunity to connect uh, the University of Kansas. So we see, for instance, with the University of Kansas Hospital, that's where it would be as a strategic location in Wyandotte County. Where would it make sense, in your view, to have that in Johnson County? Well, it would be a study that we work on with residents. And that's one of the things that we always try to do is uh, in Roland Park is when we were creating these new opportunities, these visioning or planning sustainable places uh, opportunities for our community that we welcome folks in. And there's parts of the county that are a little bit denser in the Northeast that would probably really like the opportunity to have fixed rail to be able to take downtown for work on a, on a daily basis. Now, there's parts of the county where that's just not going to make sense, but I want to meet the opportunities of the future and innovate to continue to make Johnson County one of the best counties in the nation. And that does take opportunities, and it means being open to new innovative opportunities. Does it also mean you're willing to commit uh, Johnson County tax dollars to an extension of the streetcar line in Johnson County? Well, the devil is always in the details of any plan, Nick, but I think it's always going to be an opportunity that we'll look at when we think about how that can improve the lives and the economic opportunities for residents of Johnson County. There's talk of building a downtown baseball stadium. Mayor Lucas says he would support that if the Kansas side would share the cost. Would you be open to supporting a new bi-state tax to support a downtown stadium? Charlotte O'Hara. Absolutely not. Mike Kelly. I think, again, devil's in the details. You look at bi-state and what it has done for Union Station, that has been a great uh, place for our community. Now, bi-state, too, did not make sense, and I'm glad that they didn't support it. But we want to make sure that Johnson County, who's a leader from the metropolitan region takes opportunities for the, the future. And that means looking at partnerships where they make sense for the people of Johnson County. Would you feel differently, Ms. O'Hara, if there was a bricks and mortar project in Johnson County to go along with this downtown <laughs> ballpark in, on the Missouri side? Would that make you feel differently? We have to get our financial house in order and start reducing our burden of taxes on our on our on our uh, residents and when you start talking about adding another tax and another tax i had recommended that we take our arpa funds and pay off the courthouse so that it would reduce the the sales tax by a quarter percent but of course that was just not going to fly so now i'm saying we need to be focusing those arpa funds on a specific project like the Mental Health Crisis Center. Back to your campaign website, Ms. O'Hara, yes. and you write, there have been recent efforts to work across county lines with others and promote an idea known as regionalism. <laughs> Johnson County, you say, should not have Kansas City, Missouri telling us how to run our county. So is there any issue or problem that you would be willing to collaborate with Missouri's side counties and cities if you're elected Johnson County chair? Absolutely, the door will be open for conversation. To, to what type of issue, you think? Uh, it, it would have to, it would depend on the issue. But I will tell you, I'll just give you an example of the problems that Kansas City, Missouri coming over and impacting Johnson County is that uh, the mm -hmm. Area Transportation Authority has found, they, the Kansas City Area Transit Authority has found the right to come over to Kansas side, use eminent domain to transfer private property to a private developer and put up apartment complex projects that would be funded through conduit bonds 
And, and uh, this would be property tax exempt for the term of the bonds up to 30 years. And that is just an absolute no-go. And I have supported legislation uh, that would, would, would prohibit the Kansas City Area Transportation Authority to do that. Well, increasingly, we're hearing only the rich, we're told, can now live in Johnson County. And there's no affordable housing for working families. With mortgage rates going through the roof, rent prices too. Mr. Kelly, what role, if any, should the Johnson County Commission play in making housing more affordable? Well, I, I recognize that this is a challenge that's facing a lot of folks, especially in my vintage, who are trying to buy their first home or be able to add a bedroom or a bathroom for a growing family. And they want to be able to, say, grow up in the neighborhoods or now live in the neighborhoods in which they grew up. And like I said, we want to make sure that we have a Johnson County that has a diverse uh, housing stock so that you can have your firefighters, your police officers, your teachers be able to live in Johnson County. You know, Roland Park was an early uh, participant in the UCS housing study. And as part of that housing study, they created a whole toolkit of options that we could utilize. One of those is making sure that we protect existing affordable housing, really find that missing middle. Not everything in Johnson County needs to be so polarized of $4 million homes or apartments. We can utilize a multitude of strategies to make sure that we provide opportunities to keep people, all people in Johnson County. That's very important to our economy. Is there a strategy you would have as chair uh, in terms of trying to create more affordable housing in, in Johnson County, or should that not be a priority for the county government? Well, I will tell you that uh, Prairie Village is going through, uh, through the process of uh, trying to put duplexes and triplexes and um, other buildings uh, within their are they're doing away with R1 zoning, and uh, they are running into a firestorm of criticism. And I support I support the good people of Prairie Village that are standing up and saying absolutely not. This is really very similar to what happened to the good folks in Western Johnson County. We had a comprehensive plan. They played by the rules, and now their world is turned upside down. And Prairie Village, good for them. They're fighting. But you know what they are called when they put a stop rezoning sign in their yard by the mayor of Prairie Village? Racist. That's ridiculous. You talk about divisive language. Uh, that's ridiculous. So the, 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 I keep telling my colleagues... Said so we have to stop raising property taxes. We are part of the problem. And when government creates the problem and then comes running in and saying, oh, we're going to fix it, our responsibility is to provide services in the most efficient and effective manner. We have to put that type of, of uh, inspiration into our workforces to tell us how can we do better? What can we do to make this a better functioning local government. Now, one of you is going to fill the shoes of Ed Eilert, and he's actually on a retirement tour right now. I see all these parties. He's getting lots of accolades, awards for all his work. He's being heralded for his steady leadership, given special kudos for turning the old King Louis bowling alley into an impressive arts and heritage center, building a brand new state-of-the-art courthouse, turning a financially challenged private golf course into the now heavily trafficked Meadowbrook Public Park. If you're elected, Mr. Kelly, and we bring you back to the same podium four years ago, uh, four years from now, should I say, what would you like to say you will be best remembered for? 
I want to be best remembered for making sure that we protected these institutions in Johnson County, that we made sure that we protected not only the place to work for the 4,000 Johnson Countyans, but also making sure that we take advantage of the opportunities of the day. We're at an inflection point, a really critical time in our county's history. And at this time, we can utilize existing funding like ARPA funding to support small businesses or child care centers, which my opponent just voted against last week. We can focus on taking advantage of opportunities to partner with public and private entities to create things like Meadowbrook. That has been a huge success for Johnson County. And make sure that we focus on the priorities that matter most to Johnson Countyans, not rhetoric or partisanship, but really where the Venn diagram overlaps and we focus on what's going to move this county forward for the next generation. We've come back four years later and we're back together again, and I'm going to say the same question to you. What would you like to be remembered for in your first term there as the county chair? I would like to be remembered as the chairperson that understands that each dollar that we spend impacts individuals that I am focusing on the individuals, the, the, the small businesses. I'm, I am a small business. I understand that. That, that, I, that I truly did put public safety first and that we have the crime rate is going down and um, that I take my fiduciary responsibility extremely seriously. And that is, that is what I want to be remembered by. Uh, I have... Um, I had someone call me a couple days ago and said, Commissioner O'Hara, my property taxes are so high, I can't buy a new refrigerator. So I had to pay my property taxes before I buy a new refrigerator. I want the good folks of Johnson County to be able to meet their needs and not be overtaxing them. And yes, we are approximately 20 to 25% of the tax bill, but we can set the tone the tone of being responsible. I'm surprised you can actually sleep at night because you've got so many people calling you all the time. Uh, isn't that true? <laughs> I mean, we've got a lot of those today. One of these two people, by the way, will be filling Ed Eilert's shoes as the next leader of Johnson County. Will it be Mike Kelly or Charlotte O'Hara? Only you will decide with your vote on Election Day. Thanks again, by the way, to the Johnson County Bar Association for helping us put this exchange together. While Johnson County is picking a new leader, Jackson County voters are also deciding who should lead them for the next four years. For the last month, I've been trying to get County Executive Frank White to join us in our studio to debate his opponent, fellow legislator Teresa Galvin. But this week, we officially give up on that mission after his campaign rejected every date and time we offered him. Frank White standing in. Only five men in playoff history have ever hit 500 or better. This one is hit deep to left field. It's going to be gone. Home run, Frank White. Frank White is considered a Kansas City sports legend who helped the Royals win the World Series back in the 80s. Channel 41 went even further in a news profile calling him Kansas City royalty. But the sports star turned politician is now avoiding the media. Do you have a moment to talk about it? No, I don't. If you ask regular questions, I'll talk to you, but not like, you, not like you're asking. As he runs for re-election, White has rejected every debate. His campaign website still says, coming soon, even though we're a little more than a week from election day. But there is one button on the page to donate to his campaign. And for the first time since being elected, White even declined to appear before the Kansas City Star editorial board, a rare step for one of Kansas City's top leaders. Frank White has had problems on the jail, 
on property valuations. Well, I think he's in more trouble than people know. And he almost yeah. got beat by no name with no right. money. Refusing to, you know, to to participate in debates does kind of take the oxygen away from his opponents. This whole idea of uh, politicians ducking a semi-hard question is cowardly. <laughs> An excerpt from our recent Weekend Review show, tracking local election races on both sides of state line. But just because Frank White won't debate, we here at Kansas City PBS didn't think it was fair to deprive his opponent of the opportunity to state her case. With us now is the second name on the Jackson County executive ballot, Teresa Galvin. She has served on the Jackson County legislature for the last eight years. I have to ask you, did you have friends and family say to you, what on earth are you thinking, as we just saw in that segment? This is a sports legend, even going as far as to say this is Kansas City royalty. You have no chance. Quite the opposite. I have, really? yes, for actually several years now, I've had people telling me that they want me to do this, that I need to do this, that I am pretty much the only one that can beat him. So I've got, I've got complete support. Was there a specific incident, a specific moment that said to yourself, I'm going to put the rest of my life on hold and, <laughs> and make this happen and run, run in this race? So the straw that broke the camel's back for me was the purchase of the Argus building. This is a building that's three miles from the state line and he's going to move all of administration in there. So he purchased a building for $9 million. It assessed for $6 million. It needs $16 million now in repairs and a million dollars a month for maintenance. So after we just did all we did, or he did all he did during the assessment to the people in 2019, now we're going to start spending money on items that we don't need. We've been accustomed to seeing Frank White in this role as Jackson County Executive. We may not be as familiar with you, of course. But what would be the biggest difference in your mind between how he has led Jackson County and what you would do? Uh, I think I take a more personal approach. I can work with others. I can find a consensus among different leaders in the community. I'm in the community. I'm accessible. And I'm just, I'm just a normal person. But you've already been on the legislature. I have been and, on the legislature. And, and so some people may say, well, you've already been there. What have you actually done? And if you were running into somebody in your local grocery store, you're getting ready to check out the groceries, and they say, what, what have you done? In, in 20 seconds or less, what would you be able to tell them in that little conversation? Yeah, funny, because I do run into people <laughs> in grocery stores that say that I have been on the legislature for eight years, two years as the chairman and two years as the vice chairman. Uh, I have been successful, like I said, in finding consensus, in helping the others, the people in the community, which is, is huge. The people know me, they can come up to me, they can ask for help, and I do everything that I can to help them, myself. But you are one of many people yes. when you're on the Jackson County Legislature. Uh, there's a big difference, though, being the last person who has to make that final decision, make that hard call. Mm -hmm. What can you tell us and our viewers at home that you are the right person who could make that final tough rubber-hits-the-road decision? So, as I said, I'm just, I'm just your neighbor. I'm not... I'm, I'm not sure I want my next-door uh, <laughs> neighbor being the leader of my local government. No, absolutely. But, but that's just it. Yeah, um, I, I've walked the walk and I don't just talk the talk. I, I came from nothing. I was, have been given nothing. Everything that I have, I have worked for. I've always said that I am not going to ask the taxpayer to, to pay for something, that I won't get my own checkbook out. And I go to the people and I ask them what they're wanting. I will have more town halls. I will have more, more contact with the people. And they'll know what's going on. I was, on, I was poking around your website and oh, no. said, proven <laughs> leadership is one of the big headlines. I mean, you were in business. What, what was that business? So construction, actually. Okay. I've spent uh, 20 years in Stucco and Eve's business. And in 2016, I opened my own business. I said I'd give it two years. I was on the legislature at that time. It was very successful. Had a great time doing it. But I 
gave that 100%, gave the legislature 100%, and I have five grandchildren. So something had to give, and I was keeping the grandkids. So <laughs> e even people who don't live in Jackson County may remember seeing those scenes from a couple of years ago where people almost with pitchforks were coming to fill the hearing rooms at the Jackson County Courthouse because their property appraisals had gone up so That's much. Right. In fact, sometimes in certain cases by over a thousand percent, we had the Legal Aid Society saying hundreds of people were going to lose their homes. Did we fix that mess? No, I don't believe it's fixed, especially with the housing market, what it's done this past year. I'm very, very concerned of what's happening in 23. But you were on, in the legislature at the time. Were you I part was. of that problem? No, no. I, I hope I was part of the solution. What they weren't doing at that time, and I had several conversations with the, the director of the assessment, and she's great to work with, but they were using pictures that were 10 years old or aerial views. They weren't doing physical inspections. And there's a state statute that you have to do a physical inspection if you increase the property by 15%. So what would you do differently? What I would do, had I been in that situation at that time, I would have met with the director, I would have met with the state taxing entities and said, what do we need to do? This is where we're at, this is where we need to be. I am not going to increase everyone's assessment this amount. But what do we need to do to come up with a five-year plan, a 10-year plan? Then it would have gone to the people and said, this is where we're at, this is what we need to be, this is our plan, and get their feedback also. This is, we're in this together. Now, unlike in Johnson County, where the county leaders don't run on party labels, in Jackson County, you wear party badges. Frank White is a Democrat. You are a Republican. And there was a letter in the Kansas City Star from reader Susan White, who says Jackson County voters need to know what that means. Does it mean you believe Joe Biden is the fairly elected president of the United States or that he stole the election? So the election is over. If they do an investigation and they find there's some more information that they need to look into, then the federal government can deal with that. I'm running for the Jackson County executive, and I'm going to do my duties as as outlined in the charter for Jackson County. You know, one of the big recurring uh, storylines uh, in Kansas City right now is this possible move by the Kansas City Royals from the Truman Sports Complex yeah. to a downtown ballpark. Now, even though the Mayor Lucas has been a big part of those headlines, he's in most of those stories, it is the Jackson County Legislature that oversees the sports complex and those leases. Um, if you were elected, would you oppose a Royals move to a downtown ballpark? I want them to stay in Jackson County. I would hear out whatever they had to say, what offer they had. I don't want the taxpayers to have to pay for a move. Plus, we have two beautiful stadiums right there. You know, what, what would we do with them? So I would like to see them, personally, I'd like to see them stay exactly where they're at. But you wouldn't support any public tax dollars from Jackson County going towards that move? No, at this point, no. I think the taxpayers have been through enough. You know, the World Cup will be coming to town in 2026, and those games will be played at Arrowhead Stadium. Mayor Lucas says the stadium is going to require about $50 million in upgrades to accommodate mm -hmm. the world's biggest sporting event. We don't know who's paying the bill. If you're head of Jackson County, would you write a check for all or at least some of that money? I would have conversations with the city in different areas, and I would not write a check for the entire amount, no. But you're but open to some of that. I am open to some of that because we would be receiving tax, you know, Tax revenue. So that, that's what's respond. different about that yeah, than yeah. going to, to a different location. Right. For the downtown right. bulk up. Okay. Right. Not widely known right now is that Kansas City has no jail mm -hmm. and it's spending millions of dollars uh, a year right now spend, uh, sending detainees to 
rural counties more than 100 miles away at a great cost to the taxpayer. Apparently, that's because Jackson County won't allow Kansas City inmates to use its detention center. You're building a brand new one with 1,200 beds, and from what we've heard, the costs are ballooning. If you're executive, would you find a space for Kansas City inmates to reduce your county's costs and save Kansas City taxpayers from building a duplicate jail of their own? Absolutely. Please don't say Jackson County won't allow it. I will allow it. Yes. Um, I've, I've already had some conversations with Mayor Lucas. And I believe we need to have a regional facility. I need to believe we need to have Kansas City involved and other cities. I know there are other cities that need beds for mental health issues. What, what has been the spat then? You'll have to speak with the mayor and the current county executive about that. <laughs> All righty. Well, Kansas City, this is a fun fact here. Kansas yeah. City residents make up more than 70% of the population of Jackson County. Right. Yet you both run separate election offices, separate mm -hmm. parks departments, separate law enforcement agencies, separate public health departments. In your push to streamline county government, is there any area where you would support merging services with Kansas City to save taxpayers money? I would be open to that. I, I'm not really sure which area. Like I said, I've got a good relationship with Mayor Lucas. You know, he's the current mayor. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. But I would be, I'd be open to having conversations with them and see what we could do to move. We should be working together. We're neighbors. We're, we work right across the street from each other. If you're elected and I brought you back to this chair four years from now, mm -hmm. what would you like to have said you've accomplished? I would like to have helped the people. I would like to have um, taken care of the assessment issue. I want everyone to feel safe and secure in their homes. Uh, the jail, I would like for that to be completed. I would like for it to include mental health issues, you know, programs like that that could help the people. And that, for me, this is our opportunity to reduce the crime it, it, with the jail. We are, uh, we know that local government, all governments are about priorities. You have to make choices. Mm -hmm. So congratulations, you've just been named the Jackson County Executive. You walk into that office for the very first time, you sit down, and your first priority is blank. Oh, change the paint. It's blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're giving us insider it's looks blue. here. Okay. Yes, it's royal blue. Um, you know, so, so quite honestly, I, and I was asked this, there isn't any one topic. There are actually three things that, that need to be taken care of, and you know, we, can do, we can do all of them. We need to work with the assessment department. We need to get the assessment straightened out. We need to get issues with the jail, jail straightened out. We've got so many issues there. As I have been working and campaigning, I have people that work at the county that come up to me and say that I do not know. They say, Teresa, I've worked here for 23 years. If you don't win, I'm going to quit. So we need to take care of the assessment. We need to take care of the jail. And we need to take care of the people. Not necessarily in that order, but all the three of those things are major priorities for me. Teresa Galvin wants to be the next leader of Jackson County government, the man currently in charge. Frank White declined every date and time we offered to appear on this hour-long debate special. Ms. Galvin, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, this week I was in Topeka hosting what is one of the biggest statewide races this election year. Chris Kobach is campaigning to be the state's next top law enforcement officer. He and Democrat Chris Mann debated at the studios of KTWU in Topeka. My opponent has spent decades pushing unconstitutional anti-immigration laws across this country that have cost communities millions of dollars attempting to enforce. We have to recognize that you need the right experience when you're taking this job. I have uh, been recruited by uh, cities and states across the country to defend their immigration laws because they sought a national expert on it. My opponent has never argued a single case in federal court. 
you need someone with experience to take the job of Attorney General. Outgoing Kansas Attorney General Derek Schmidt joined several other states in filing a legal challenge against the Biden administration's student loan forgiveness program. The program, of course, is now on hold, but if you were Attorney General, would you have joined the lawsuit, or do you think the state Attorney General's office shouldn't get involved in student debt, Chris Mann? Yeah, so my opinion on all of these federal lawsuits is we need to look at whether or not it's going to help the people of Kansas more than it's going to hurt the people of Kansas. And we have limited resources in the Attorney General's office. Unlike my opponent, I don't want to start a new unit to sue the federal government. My opponent has said he'll wake up every morning and for breakfast find a new way to sue the federal government. And that's simply a waste of our resources when we need to be focusing on important issues right here in Kansas. Chris Kobach, your chance to respond. Well, he didn't give a direct answer, did he? He did say, though, that uh, he thought it might waste our resources, and he said he'd first ask, will it help or hurt the people of Kansas? Well, that's not an answer to the question. Look, this is a cut-and-dried issue. It is unconstitutional for the U.S. president, by executive degree, decree, to spend $500 billion, that's half a trillion dollars for giving student loans. Our Constitution lays out very clearly that only the legislative branch has the authority to spend money and tax the citizenry. But also, the Biden policy is horribly unfair. Think about it. You may have decided to not attend the most expensive college and choose a cheaper one, or maybe you didn't go to college, or maybe you worked your way through college, and you now are going to be saddled with paying the bills to pay off the loans of somebody else who decided to go to the most expensive college and not quite sure how he was going to pay for it. So it is unconstitutional and it is unfair. And of course, if I'm Attorney General of Kansas, we will try to stop it. We must protect our country. That's just an excerpt. You can see the entire Kansas Attorney General's debate right after the rebroadcast of this program Sunday morning. It's Week in Review at 11, the Attorney General debate at noon. Next week, it's your handy-dandy guide to Election Day. We dissect all the questions on the Kansas and Missouri ballots, look at the races we've missed, and the trends we need to pay attention to on Election Day. I hope you'll join us. Until then, I'm Nick Haynes from all of us here at Kansas City PBS. Be well, keep calm, and carry on.